Hey everybody, Mitch Fick here with another one-on-one edition of Eye on the Hawks. This week, as we look at the Purdue game, we talk to Austin Blythe about the Hawkeyes win in 2015 over the Boilermakers because not only was that a crazy cold game with a ton of snow overnight, but it was senior day and the day that Iowa clinched the Big Ten West title to lock in that trip to Indianapolis for the Big Ten championship game. A lot of fun memories shared with Austin talking about just that team in general in 2015, what it took to make a run like they did to 12-0, the undefeated regular season for the Hawkeyes. We also talk about what he's up to now, having just retired from his seventh season career in the NFL, playing for the Colts, the Rams, the Chiefs, and finally with the Seahawks. Always great catching up with the pride of Williamsburg. Here's our one-on-one Eye on the Hawks interview with Austin Blythe. Purdue 2015, you're in the middle of a magical season, Austin. What do you remember about waking up that day and seeing that much snow out in Iowa City? And just knowing that there's a lot on the table, some really cool stuff could happen today, but it's going to be one of those brutally cold Iowa November games. What do you remember about that day and that morning just going in? Yeah, I I actually remember being relieved when I woke up because I think I remember the forecast being the snow hitting right about game time. So to wake up and, and know that the snow is over and they'd have plenty of time to clear the field for us to play because I was anticipating playing in a snowstorm. So, uh, you know, but I've I've always wanted to play in a snowstorm, I guess. I I never got the opportunity to. Um, But, I mean, just senior day, being able to clinch the West, um, all that rolled into that day uh, made it pretty special and, and made the snow pretty forgettable. What's what's that senior day run out like? I noticed you were the only guy that kept your helmet on, like Jordan and everybody else, no helmet. What was, do you remember the thought process to that was like maybe hiding emotions and, and just what is that moment like running out in the crowd, here's your name and you got the rose and everything. What a moment that has to be. Yeah, I think it was more probably trying to hide emotions. Um, now, I guess with looking back on it and having some perspective now, I kind of wish that I would have taken my helmet off. Um, but the, the feeling running out to, uh, the fans you've been playing five years in front of uh, was pretty special. Um, and just the ovation for every single guy, um, whether they were a four-year starter or, a, you know, a special teams player or um, somebody who didn't see the field. So if you, it was a, you know, it's a it's something to be proud of if you go through the program and you graduate um, from, from the university. And uh, so running out through that tunnel means you put in the hard work. You're, you're two wins away from a, a clean sweep of the regular season, the division titles on the table, a trip to Indies up there. Uh, what do you remember about just the specific mindset going into that Purdue game, knowing what was possible from there? Yeah, I think what was so special about that team in 15 was just guys being able to compartmentalize one game each week, finishing the week 1-0, and then at the end of the season, that's what leads you to that 12-0 season. So being able to just focus on the moment, um, which was beating Purdue uh, on that Saturday. And um, the effect of winning that game was winning the West uh, because we had taken care of business each week up until that point. So I think that's just what made that team so special is just a bunch of guys who understood that and and played hard every Saturday. I think that was the year you guys read the slight edge, right? Yes. Do Do you remember how important was that book and that message? Because I remember reading around the same time, like, yeah, it's it's the, the message of it is, you know, just those little things can add up to that slight edge and become a big thing. I, was that a, a key read and, and preseason prep going into 15? Was that just a key moment of getting everybody in that same mentality? 
Yeah, I think that was a critical read uh, for us over the summer leading up to that season, just because, you know, by all outside measures, we were not a very talented team, um, not a very big team, fast team, all that good stuff. So uh, having that, that message um, given to us by the strength staff and, and the rest of the coaches, um, you know, being the 95% of people who continue to do things the right way once you achieve success, um, continuing to chop wood, um, you know, how much time you sharpen your ax versus, uh, versus time chopping the tree. So that stuff really resonated with it, that team because of the guys we had on it, um, guys who were just hard-nosed, tough, uh, blue-collar guys. And, um, yeah, just it definitely set the tone for, for how we wanted to prepare throughout the season. What do you remember about that that moment at the end where game's over, it's 40 to 20, you've got at least a share of the West. Again, Wisconsin lost later in the day to give you the outright, but just a moment like that, you know, it was still kind of a new thing, the, the fact that there were divisions, but you, you know you get a chance to go to Indianapolis and, and play for the whole thing. What's that moment like on senior day, a cold, you know, quintessential late November Iowa game, just that moment and the celebrations. What's that moment like, especially as a senior and and going through the program? It's a super cool moment. I I know that um, a lot has been shown now in the recent years about Coach Ferentz in the locker room and how emotional he gets. I mean, that's real. And I think that's what makes it so so special for me um, is because all the guys in that locker room and then him and the rest of the coaches uh, just being able to celebrate with each other because we know what we put into it. Um, you know, nobody wants to lose, right? And especially the guys in the locker room. So um, being able to win with those guys and that group of, of, of coaches and teammates was was really special. You just wrapped up a, an NFL career. Just, uh, I'm sure you've got some time to to reflect on that as you, you move into retirement and you're back home in Eastern Iowa. But uh, you know, looking back, you know, seventh rounders can be a bit of a crapshoot wherever, you know, you, you can you can end up in the league for a decade or you can be out by by the end of camp. Just as you look back, what what is your time in the NFL mean getting to have the experiences you did and play for the coaches you did and play with the offenses and the quarterbacks you did? I mean, you, you look at, you know, the places you were and the, the folks you got to line up with. That's that's a special stretch you got to be a part of. Yeah, I, I mean, I've been very blessed with my athletic career. Um, had a lot of success at Iowa, obviously finished off with that 2015 season. And I was drafted by the Colts in the seventh round and, um, you know, was promptly fired a year later uh, and found myself in L.A. with the Rams for four years. And, you know, just kind of tried to keep the momentum um, up until retiring uh, six, eight months ago, whatever it was. So to be able to be a part of such an awesome league and a story league and just filled with such uh, so many great players and so many great stories. Um, again, I find myself blessed and it's really afforded me the opportunity now to really enjoy fatherhood and, and uh, you know, my, our marriage and just being home and, and, and not having to go to work um, and just being able to enjoy all the things I mentioned. You know, my kids are growing up. It's going fast. Um, we have three of them now. So we're, uh, we're, we're, we're plenty busy enough even without the NFL life. Yeah, sometimes retirement's a full-time job. When was the last year that you weren't playing football in some way, shape, or form? It would have been, uh, gosh, I was in junior high. I started high school in fall of 2007, so fall of 2005 would have been my seventh grade year of football, and I didn't play anything before that. So, What's it like 
I mean, you're not done with the game. We'll get into that in a bit. But what's it like not having to stretch, you know, stretch or put on pads or, you know, take an ice bath every day or something? You know, I, I'm sure. How's your body feel right now after after finally being able to unplug? Body feels actually really pretty good. I was I was fortunate enough to get out with minimal injuries. Um, so, you know, I wasn't anticipating my body having to recover too much, but not having to put, like you said, put the helmet on, put pads on, hit guys every day has really helped uh, the body fully recover. And, you know, um, but it's funny you say, what do I, you know, how do I feel about not putting pads on? I was just thinking the other day, coaching the guys, watching them put their pads on. It was, one, I think, uh, Monday, you know, it was a little bit warmer again for whatever reason. But watching them watching them put those pads on, I was like, man, I am so glad I got I don't have to wake up and do that anymore. So uh, it's been fun. Sure. One of the, the fascinating things to me about being an offensive lineman or just a bigger guy, I'm not a big guy at all, but the the amount of caloric work it takes to just play. I remember Tristan Wirfs, like one of the first TikTok videos I ever saw was his pre-draft meal set. We've seen what Marshall Yonda has lost since he retired, just biking and not having to eat five, 6,000 calories. What was your diet like as an NFL player compared to what I imagine is a lot more manageable now? You can only go to the pizza house so many times there in downtown, but uh, it'd take a few trips, I'm sure, to equal what what you have to do just to sustain an NFL body. Yeah, I, I would probably say to maintain my weight, you know, although I wasn't, I wasn't a very big offensive lineman by NFL standards. You know, I was my last year in the league, I was about 285. Um, but to maintain that, you know, geez, it's probably somewhere around five, 6,000, uh, 6,000 plus calories a day just to, 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 uh, to maintain that weight because you're probably burning, you know, actively through practice and lifting and all that good stuff. You're probably burning more than 2,000 and then whatever uh, you burn just walking around and, and sitting around the rest of the day. So to be able to maintain that was, uh, a chore in and of itself. And I'm sure there's other guys that have to eat seven, 8,000 calories because of how their metabolism is. Luckily I didn't have to. Um, but now it's been awesome. I've really, uh, tried to track my water intake and, you know, keep my calories low and just trying to let the weight fall off naturally. So it's been, it's been, uh, nice not having to, uh, actively sit down and think about what I'm going to eat every meal. For sure. And you get to sit down and you get to be a dad and full time and a husband and you're coaching at Williamsburg too. your father-in-law, of course, Kurt Ritchie has a heck of a program there. What a, what a year the Raiders are having. Just what is it like to be back home, be around family and get to do those things that you got to do as an NFL player. But, you know, you're you're pulled into the league, too, and, and everything that comes with that to just be able to head back to a town of thirty one hundred people that I know means so much to you. Uh, what does that mean? And, and what else are you up to nowadays? Kyle and I have always said uh, throughout this entire journey since we've been together that we've always wanted to end up back in Williamsburg, giving back to this community because of how special we feel it is, um, how much support we felt we received growing up, going through the athletic programs that we did. Um, and we're just really looking forward to getting back into coaching or getting into coaching for myself. Kylie's coached a little bit, um, but she's looking forward to getting into it. And I'm really enjoying my first fall. Uh, getting to coach, uh, it's been rewarding kind of seeing our athletes grow throughout the season and and feeling like you're a part of that. Um, I always loved coaches who were really felt like I felt like they were invested in my growth, not just as a as a player, but as a person as well. So I've really tried to bring that into my own coaching um, 
experience now. Um, you know, and it's, it's just been super fun. Like you said, the, the, the team has been performing well, playing well. Um, so we'll see how this, this last few stretches or last stretch of games goes and, uh, you know, see if we can finally get coach Richie a uh, state championship. I can't believe it's week seven already. The season. I know. Goes fast. What's what's one thing you learned from Kirk that you now take into your your coaching career as it starts? Yeah, I think you can't just be invested in your athletes as athletes. Um, gosh, I, I know I've, I've had many conversations with him where he brings up somebody in my family that. I was like, how do you remember their name? You know, how do you know, how do you remember to ask about them? Um, And then just going back to, um, I've been to a few practices now um, since I've been done and just the admiration I have for him, just talking to him grows every, every time because he just truly cares about each and every one of his players past, present and uh, you know, the future players he'll, he'll get to coach, but um you know, I just can't say enough good things about him and, uh, you know, what a model to, to have to try and be like uh, in, the, in this co- my young coaching career. So um, having Coach Ferentz as a, as a coach in my, t- in, you know, in my experience has just been uh, invaluable. Big thanks again to Austin for the conversation. Great to know he's back in Williamsburg molding the next generation of Raider football. Remember to follow Eye on the Hawks on Twitter at Eye on the Hawks. Follow Iowa's News Now's YouTube channel for our podcast video edition, the Wednesday previews, the Sunday recaps as well. We'll have our next one coming up at noon, looking back at Iowa's game for homecoming against Purdue at Kinnick Stadium. We'll see you then.